Hello again, this is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're tuned in to the Home Buyer's Hour on WCPT AM 820. So rise and shine, everybody. We're going to talk about real estate. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And so I'm in the studio today, and I have with me my favorite attorney, my favorite real estate broker, and then remotely we got my favorite mortgage broker out there. Um, I'm going to start with Patrick. Patrick, if you don't mind, give us the rundown on who you are and and tell everyone why you're my favorite. And it has nothing to do with Costa Rica. Hey, I'm Patrick Loftus. <laughs> I'm a real estate lawyer. I handle real estate transactions. You're buying a house or selling a house. Give me a shout. I'll get you sorted. Uh, why am I your favorite? I really couldn't figure that out, to be honest. Um, but I know yeah, the answer. We're on uh, 820 WCPT, where facts matter. Amen where facts that. matter. <laughs> I love it. Ryan, if you don't mind, how do people get a hold of you? And do you think you know why you're my favorite real estate broker? Um, well, because I just found that out a few minutes ago. Uh, I think it's because of uh, my smile, my good looks, and my humility. Uh, nope, if nope. I had, and, ah, if I, in if that I, order. If I had to guess. <laughs> Yeah, those are good guesses, but not accurate, sorry. <laughs> and uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, if they're looking to buy or sell real estate in Chicago and the surrounding suburbs, my phone number is 708-668-6613. Sounds good. I appreciate that. And Joey, if you don't mind, give us the rundown on who you are and see if you know why you're my favorite. Well, I'm your favorite because I'm speaking right now, but Boom, I am Joey Matthews. There it is. Hold on. We need an applause for the winner there. <laughs> All right, Dude, we do not use that soundboard enough. <laughs> I've been saying that a long time. I got to get Devin back in here just to work that thing, you know? That's a new upgrade. That wasn't, uh, we didn't have a soundboard the last time I was here. Thank Devin Tingle, our producer. <laughs> yeah, they, he gives me toys to play with. They won't let me be responsible for it. Because oh, my God. Can I, you imagine what would happen? I can't be trusted. You need to have uh, Michael Winslow from Police Academy. Academy on just mm. to do all the sounds. Oh, <laughs> tell you what. That guy. I that interrupted you. Give me your contact info again. Joey. I never gave it the first time. So okay, then do it the first time. NMLS, NMLS 1230694. Uh, the VA loan nerd. I love VA loans. You uh, may have realized that if you ever listened. Uh, find me at the VA loan nerd.com or you could call or text me at 630 Zero five, and obviously on all the social medias as at the VA Loan Nerd. <laughs> it was a wake-up call. My name is That's Charlie funny. Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. Our phone number is three one two five four four nine one eight zero. Repeating three one two five four four nine one eight zero, and our website is www.thehomeinspectors.com. And Joey, you know we're going to talk about the spring market and how things are going. And then, of course, you know, my favorite subject is the good and bad in the pros in the business. But tell me right now about rates and the market. And I mean, we're not Super Bowl yet. And I don't know about you, but my phone is ringing off the hook. We're booked out for the week already and we're scheduling next week. Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, it's been a it's been a wild time. I had eight apps yesterday alone. I got uh, a lot closing this month. I have plenty closing in March too. Uh, I already have some April contracts flowing in, right? So nice. people are out there. People are buying. Sellers are maybe getting off the fence on selling because they're finally like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to get a two percent again. I have a family of six and we have a two bedroom house. It's time to go, right? Um, so I've seen more activity on my end. I think that uh, Ryan is obviously a better uh, gauge for Chicagoland than myself because I am all over the country. Um, in terms of the rate world, I was completely anticipating a very, very, very uh, smooth week just because there's so little economic data coming this week. This, what do you this mean by week smooth week? What does that mean? Just, I mean, well, it, it, I should say since December 12th, the market has been trading the MBS, I'm sorry, the uh, the 10 year treasury has been trading between a 3.9 and 4.1% yield. And that is still true. Uh, up until uh, Friday of last week, the yield was closer to 3.8%, which was, you know, uh, under the uh, support level, which I like. I would have liked for it to go lower. But anyway, then the jobs report came out. Um, and I, I still don't believe the jobs report. I think that, uh, that without the non with the non seasonal adjustments, we actually lost 2 million jobs. But I mean, Whatever. Data doesn't matter at the Fed level. Um, anywho, so the jobs report came out. We gained 50 BIPs in MBS, uh, mortgage-backed securities market, which is bad for rates. So 
I would say in general, conventional side, you're looking like seven on the dot within a quarter. Either way, depending on your credit situation, right? Um, and that's, I, that's a loaded statement. That, and I probably just triggered some sort of RESPA disclosure. And I apologize. And the <laughs> CFPB is going to call me and you know find me now. No um, problem. Give me some of your ha- most hated um, real estate broker. I'm sorry, your most hated mortgage brokers, and we'll go ahead and say you're them, and we'll let <laughs> those guys those go guys, after that. Yeah. So hey. this is Veterans United uh, speaking to you live. Um, anyway, <laughs> so no, Ryan, but, jump in on that. I mean, where where do you see this market? And Joey just said something that has always you know affected my business. When I see that the rates start going up, all of a sudden our phones start ringing. Can I just ask Joey a question really quick? Sure. Why is Navy? Why Feder- did Jay Powell speak on Sunday and ruin my life? Well, why is Why is Navy Federal saying all those? horrible things that can get them in trouble with the uh, CFPB. I think I probably got that wrong. Why are they doing that, Joey? When you say Navy Fed, are you talking about their loan denial rates for African-American borrowers? Mm, you know, it's a shame that There would that's be a happening. RESPA violation that we want to avoid. <laughs> it's a shame that that's happening. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I, no, well, that's a real thing. That I mean, you can look that up in the news. They're in okay. big trouble over that. Oh, I'm sorry. I've, and that's not, that's not good. It's not yeah. appropriate. Well, yeah. but, you know... It, and take that I, back. I'm not sorry. To hell with them. Well, I'm actually happy about it. You know what? That, and and th- thank you. I, I was about to say, you know, shining light on things like that that are going on. Yeah. You know, regardless of how big our audience is, you know, to the tens of you out there, you know, <laughs> you need to know that these things are still happening. This isn't stuff that, you know, yeah. we didn't we didn't fix racism back in the 60s uh, simply by passing a, bu- a bunch of uh, legislation. Um, it's still out there. It's still pervasive and it is still um, something that we need to be vigilant about. So, yeah. uh, Joey, I'm quite, <laughs> I'm glad that my silly joke actually led to, you know, really an important point being made. I couldn't yeah, agree well, more. But I want to hear more about the market. Ryan, jump in, please. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, the market is kind of continuing its trend over the last few years of the spring market starting off extremely hot. Um, you know, for for Chicagoland purposes, the spring market is January to June. Whenever I talk to uh, home sellers and home buyers, I always tell them, you know, the spring market's hot. They're like, spring, it's still cold out. There's still snow on the ground. It's uh, but I it's because I'm in real estate. I always think of spring starting in January. Um, so that trend is is still continuing. It's as soon as uh, people get back from their vacations and they put their Christmas decorations away, or hopefully put their Christmas decorations away uh, after the first or second week of January. Everybody goes out and starts looking at homes, and that's certainly continuing. Uh, while I was out of town in uh, the second and third week of January, my phone was blowing up. I had people crawling out of the woodwork that wanted to go look, wanted to go sell. Um, so that is certainly continuing. Uh, the inventory is still relatively low, and we will expect that to continue for the foreseeable future. Future, but inventory in our market tends to peak in about April or May. And for those of you that uh, are saying, well, I just want to wait until there's more inventory. Well, when there's more inventory, there's more buyers. So you have more competition. So with more homes comes more competition. However, I always tell people if you, it, it depends on your, on your, where you're at in your life and your own personal decisions. If you find a home that works for you buy it don't you don't need to you know don't wait you know it's that old cliche you 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 marry the home you date the rate you know don't don't be too concerned about what the rates are you can always refinance and i always hear people freaking out about like Oh, if I find a house and I have a high rate, um, you know, it's going to cost a lot of money to refinance. Not necessarily. Um, you know, it's uh, I know a lot of lenders that basically do it for next to nothing. Um, so if you find a home, it's better just to lock it up, get it under contract and, and move forward. But uh, but certainly it also helps to have an excellent realtor to help you navigate this market because it is highly competitive. Uh, and, you know, if you can avoid it, um, I tell 
people try to if you are selling and buying uh try to figure out a way where you can get your home sold before uh before you go out and look out and buy because when you are in a multiple offer situation which most likely you will be uh it just weakens your your leverage and weakens your your negotiating position if you have to sell and then buy because you're going to be competing against a lot of buyers who don't have that home sale contingency. I want to talk about that word leverage. Mm-hmm. All right. So something that I've been doing uh, for like the last year, year and a half is uh, Zoom calls with all of our home inspection clients where I go over the report with them. I talk about the severity that they find. I try to put prices to the repairs that are needed to be there. And I keep my nose out of what they can ask for and negotiate for. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I'm ignorant about the amount of leverage that they have, and I share that with my client. You use that word. Mm-hmm. You know, how does how does a buyer know how much leverage they have? Is there a way to figure those things out? And how do you tell them how much leverage? And I always use the word power, but I think the right term, Patrick, is it leverage? I think it's probably a, a better way to to, to describe it. Um, you know. Power. I mean, you know, what does that even mean, really? Um, but leverage, you know, to get what you want is to, or make other people do what you want. That's how I see the word power. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna stamp on a question that was asked to, to Ryan. I'm sorry so, about um, that, Ryan. Please. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, obviously talking to your realtor if they know what they're doing, uh, they will be able to tell you, hey, these are certain things you can ask for. Uh, th- when, I, when I'm talking to my buyers and I'm educating my buyers, you have to look at the whole situation. One. If they have multiple offers, uh, the sellers are going to be less inclined to want to deal with inspection requests. However, if you focus on the items that certainly have to be repaired, that they're going to have to deal with no matter who buys the home, like asbestos, mold, um, those are usually the big big ones. Water leaks. Uh, Water leaks, radon. Um, Radon's kind of a, you know, some people... Some people, uh, you know, don't, you know, are willing to look past it while others will definitely want to have it mitigated. But the other good thing is once you are once you are under contract with a home, if there are major issues like that and the you end up having to cancel the seller's got to go back on the market, and they, if they have multiple offers, they have to go back to those other buyers. But they're going to know that it fell apart due to inspection items, and you don't. The seller doesn't necessarily need to disclose everything that's on the report unless they receive the copy of it. But the buyers are going to know that hey, this obviously fell apart because of some sort of inspection issue, and it's going to be in the back of their mind. So you do have, even though if you are in a multiple situ- offer situation, if you, you you know, you do have a, a slightly weakened leveraging position when you, uh, when there are multiple offers. However, that that seller and all the other buyers know that hey, there were some items found on the inspection report that caused this deal to fall apart, and um, and depending on what that seller's situation is, that seller might be under contract for their own home purchase so they they just want to keep this train rolling and they want to go home with the one who brung them and they don't want to have to start the process all over again so it, you have to kind of look at the the situation holistically and just determine okay what what can we do what can we ask for and most sellers even in a multiple offer situation if you just ask for a reasonable credit, they're usually willing to do that. It's when you ask for an exorbitant amount or you're asking for repairs like, you know, uh, what's the the uh, the the light or the uh, GFI. Uh, the GFI outlets. If you're asking for GFI outlets, um, things of that nature, they're going to, you know, they're going to be less uh, likely to work with you on that. Yeah, I, I think that um, the one thing that that is you're really always going uh, against the seller is is time, right? Um, you know the buyer has has money, um, and you know in and most the seller wants the money, right? But you know <laughs> once you go under contract, it's going to be a good two weeks before you fig- you figure out that 
uh, th it's not going to work with this buyer, or you know, the buyer is asking for you know some things that you'd rather not uh, get, uh, make concessions for. But again, that two weeks is is a meaningful amount of time, especially as Ryan is describing. There's other things going on, perhaps uh, if you're trying to purchase your uh, upcoming home. Um, you, you don't you don't necessarily have time to say see you later. I'm gonna accept this other offer, uh, and you know hope that my the seller on my on my purchase side will allow an extra two three weeks uh, for for closing because you know they're they're feeling the same thing. So you know you can you can be all you know arrogant as a seller thinking it's a seller's market, but there there's always just going to be inherent things within the process that are going against you and you know time is something you never get more time right yeah the idea is to win the war not to battle mm -hmm. sometimes absolutely but, but you end up writing these letters you end up mm -hmm. saying that you know we want a gfi or we want this and that i mean how do you decide what you're going to ask for i don't Okay, come on, expel. <laughs> don't just leave it at that. Give me well, more. Right. What do you mean so, you don't? Listen, I don't make any decisions. Okay, I don't make any decisions. The only decisions, the only decisions I make, are what advice I'm going to give the client so that they can make a decision. And this is a, a common. Like it's a common thread that yeah. we've talked about ever since I walked into the studio for the first time. Yeah. And I tell my clients, every one of my clients is, is made aware. Look, I'm not driving the bus here. I'm strictly in an advisory role. I'll give you the best advice that I, I think I can give, and then it'll be it'll be up to you. If if I give you a certain advice and you say I appreciate that advice, but I'd, I'd like to approach it a di different way, we're going to approach it your way, unless it's unethical or illegal. And you know, very few clients are are uh, trying to test my my ethical limits or my 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 limits on breaking the law. So, Joey, do you get involved with leverage that a client has? In terms of getting under contract, yeah, uh, but I mean, once once you're under contract, I'm I'm really just getting the loan done, right? The only leverage I really get to provide is essentially, yeah, I hate to sound cocky, but it's it's me and that I close, right? Um, but once you're under A lot contract, of on my think end, mortgage brokers are commodities. Well, let me Joey. Let, let me Joey, let me yeah. let me jump in here. You know, as the process plays out, you know, yes, absolutely, you you can influence uh, on on the during the point in time when um, if there is a multiple offer situation, my client's more attractive. You yeah, you can influence by calling the listing agent, explaining you know, hey, this is you know a paper, it's an eighty twenty, um, you know, this thing is going to be a breeze and. And I'm on it. Um, but as that process plays out, having a lender who is just on it and you can tell that that they're moving the process forward at each juncture and they're giving you uh, regular updates. And even in between those regular updates, you're contacting them and they're responding and giving you good information. Joey, that. We, that may not pull in, uh, levers in the strictest sense that we're going to get something from that, but it definitely buys you, if, if there's a hiccup, it, it buys you as a buyer some uh, grace from a seller saying, hey, you know, they're, they're, we, we need three days, you know, to uh, extension. They're a more attractive buyer, without so, a doubt. So that, yeah. that gives you leverage to get to the closing table in some instances. Yeah, and when I, as a listing agent, when I talk to a lender, and they are not only knowledgeable, but they are they're very transparent. Like I hate when I talk to a lender and they say, oh, I can't tell you that or I can't. I, I get that all the time. And I'm like, well, what would you ask them that they would even uh, like perfect, think about perfect example is you ask them for their Social Security number, ask which for, is, you know, which is reasonable. have them name their firstborn after me. It's not I'm not if you get serious. I, I, I would say like the, the one thing I'll ask if it's like, a, let's say it's like a, a low down payment. Yeah. Loan, yeah. I'll ask the the loan officer like, well, do they like do they have the ability to put down more if need?
needed. And I've had some loan officers say, well, I can't, I can't disclose that. I can't tell you that. And, you know, you don't need to say an exact dollar amount. I don't need to know their whole financials, you know, uh, positioning. Yeah. But yeah, if you good. can, if you tell me, yeah, they, they have, uh, they have a, uh, you know, a nice healthy reserve. If they need to put down 10% or 20%, they can, they just would rather stay liquid and hold on to cash. Like that's all you need to say. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to tell me, yeah, you know, here's their retirement account numbers and so on and so forth. So for example, Joey, uh, let me just uh, ask you. So, if you say, for example, we're writing a loan, and it was zero percent, zero percent down. I don't know what kind of loans offer zero percent <laughs> down. But oh you know, my God, if, this is a shill going right here. Uh, if you were to talk to two thousand six all over again. If you, well, if you're, you're going to talk to a listing agent about this zero percent down loan, and you know they're kind of hemming and hawing about it because they don't like that number. Uh, Give me some reasons why uh, Joy Matthews, the VA loan nerd, uh, would give to a listing agent to, to tell them that this is actually rock solid. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the big things about VA loans that's uh, heavily misunderstood is 0% down doesn't mean you don't have assets, right? The average borrower has the assets to put at least 10% down. I know for myself, I've never put money down in a house. I never will. Uh, I like to keep my money in a place where it's going to appreciate and I have access to it, right? I mean, my home is going to appreciate, but the only way to access those funds is through refinancing, through getting a home equity line of credit, through yeah, you selling wanna, it. You want right? to remain liquid, right? Yeah, I, I love staying liquid. I love sense. my money making money. And then I can buy more investment properties. I can do like a whole, a whole a whole mess of things. So if I have the ability to put 0% down, I'd be crazy not to, in my opinion, right? Um, and I, I like my opinion. But again, it, it, <laughs> Quit the, beating uh, around the bush. Like, <laughs> I, I have a client right now. He's, a, he's doing a VA loan uh, with a appraisal gap waiver, which we had to exercise because I, we, we all knew he was buying way over market, right? Um, but they love the house. They love the school. They could afford it, so they were putting 130k down with a 130k uh, appraisal gap waiver. And people say, "Oh, you can't do that because the amendatory clause, federal law, federal law." What people don't talk about, and this drives me insane. And you can call the RLC legal department about this. Uh, the VA. What is the RLC, RLC Joey? I'm the sorry. Regional loan center. The, the <laughs> I know RLC you hate it when VA, I do that. Regional loan center. It's the regional Look, loan center in Chicago. Land. It's in St. Paul. You have to understand uh, that you know Joe. We're railroading him. Listen, jo oh, Joey dude. is he's the VA loan nerd for a reason. And <laughs> as I, I never served, um, and, and we we very much appreciate your service, Joey. But if if I'm not mistaken, there are many many acronyms. Uh, in the service. <laughs> yeah, PDQ, XYZ. I remember those acronyms. But anyway, Joey, we interrupted you. So I apologize. So it's, it's okay that he's so acronym heavy. You know, give him a break. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, people, people think this this uh, VA amendatory clause is get out of jail free card and you can't offer an appraisal gap waiver when it's not true, right? So in, in the situation that my client decided to back out, their VA, their, their earnest money would be lost. The amendatory clause is not going to protect them against the contract that they sign. The VA will not get involved in a legal dispute. They will expect you to honor the contract you signed. And it drives me insane. I got Joey <laughs> triggered. Remember this, dude. Your Lack of education. Lack of education. I swear to God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to one day be able to teach everybody everything about the VA loan. Well, not everything, because I'm learning every day, too. But still, a lot more than they know now. We're we're gonna we're gonna. What were we talking about? We're gonna push I blacked that. out. No, we're gonna push that information out. You know, the the, the point was that you know, uh, what Ryan was saying is when he talks to a mortgage broker uh, uh, as a listing agent, you know, what what are the kinds of things that he wants to hear from a, uh, a mortgage broker that is gonna give him reassurance? Because you know, yeah. ultimately, we're talking about what kind of influence can a mortgage broker have after the contract is signed and that influence is you know look joe you know where the lines are that you can't cross as far as yeah. personal information Disclosure. you you yeah. can you can and can't give out to uh you know and really anyone other than the buyer without the buyer's consent but you can have conversations with a listing agent with the seller's lawyer i i, I regularly if i get if i get two or three 
uh, mortgage contingency extension requests, I'll, yeah. I'll call that uh, that mortgage broker if I even if I'm on the seller side, and I'll be like, "What's up? You know, g- give me some assurance that I can take back to my seller that says, hey, you know, this buyer's solid. It's just you know, there's this, that, and the other thing um, that need to be you know, th- those boxes need to be checked, and it's taking some time. And you know, it, it, it could be, hey, we're still waiting on this document from the condo association, or we're still waiting on, you know, we've got a, a Get the appraisal up, approved after this repair was made, and you know, easy enough. You know, these are not um, you know real heavy disclosures that uh, you know I'm going to be like, wow, like I really had a lot to say about that about that buyer. But um, yeah. you know, it it is it, it's leverage you gain to have a seller not panic. You know, at the yeah, at at at, at worst, and you know, perhaps save a deal from you know going way off the rails and, and possibly getting killed by you know giving that reassurance. How do you explain that, though, Ryan? How do you let somebody know how much leverage they have? In other words, is it a buyer's seller's market? You know, and and how do you find out how many other people? Are bidding on this property with your buyer, your client. Well, if I'm if I'm representing the buyer, <clears throat> I'll ask the the listing agent. Um, and some listing agents, I, I it drives me nuts. And it's one of the many things that frustrates me about the industry is that you'll get some listing agents that won't that won't uh, that won't disclose it. They'll just say we have multiple offers. It's like, well, okay, great. Are we talking, you know, two, three, twenty? Um, and when I'm a listing agent, I have like I had a, a, an estate sale in Des Plaines a few years ago, and we had forty eight offers. And I oh, I told people I was like because I had people you know. Calling me and emailing me, hey, we want to submit an offer. I was like, well, we have forty so far. I'm like, so unless you're coming in way above asking price, if you're a cash buyer, I'm like, I, I honestly wouldn't waste the time to type it out. And um, but that is certainly the best way to find out. And you know, you can one way that's not you know it's not scientific by any stretch of the imagination. But if uh, you know if that if that listing, and this is another thing that drives me nuts about our industry. Is we have a, a tool that we use on the MLS to book showings called Showing Time, and some listing agents, for some weird reason, don't use it. But the ones that do, you can look on there and see how many. Uh, it won't tell you the exact showing request amounts, but you can look at the calendar, and if it's pretty blocked off, you know that they've had a lot of showings on it. Um, and also, as a as a real estate agent, you know if it's a you know a well. Priced home in a good area that shows well, you you know that there's a lot of activity on it. You know, just you know, it's a, it's like common knowledge if you know what you're doing. It isn't showing time owned by Zillow, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. We gotta be careful about those guys. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a question for you, Ryan. Um, so you know, I know you've represented a lot of uh, sellers, mm-hmm. and you know, these days there's the multiple offer situation is you know sort of a, a, a common thing you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to you know 2011 when <laughs> an offer was like yes. right. Um, but you know. It, it occurs to me that other than price, and there's a few more things that you can kind of uh, move the move the the dials around. Mm-hmm. But there's not a whole lot you can do to differentiate yourself as as a buyer in these situations. Like, how does that analysis go down? Do you do like a spreadsheet or you know? Yeah, I've I've done uh, you know when I like that that the deal, forty-eight offers. Yeah, that deal <laughs> displays. Um, and I sold my cousin's house a few years ago, and uh, we had I think like thirty offers. Yeah, it's all on an Excel spreadsheet, and you you just put the deal points on there and say, and then I make my recommendations. I say, okay, yeah. this is a stronger buyer. Um, the we should, these are like the top three we should consider. Um, but on the buyer side, you know, don't obviously price is going to be the most important factor for a seller, but also look at things like offering a free lease back. Like I've done mm-hmm. that to, to win a deal because, hey, that buyer or that seller might be buying and they, they don't want to have to close on their sale and their purchase and move all their furniture the same, you know, same day. You can offer like a, a free two week lease back or three week or whatever the case may be um, just to differentiate yourself and to incentivize the seller to go with your offer. 
Now, are you going to call the listing agent to kind of find certain things out, like, hey, what kind of closing date are y'all looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, would a lease back be attractive? Is mm-hmm. that, are you going to do that before you submit the offer, or you just kind of throw it out there? No, I always ask, especially if it's a multiple offer situation. You just have to have that conversation. And mm-hmm. as a listing agent, I, I always give some sort of preferential treatment to the agent that does reach out and has mm-hmm. that conversation. The it, I always say there's like an inverse relationship between how annoying an, an agent is with how bad their offer is going to be because I've had <laughs> I've had I've had multiple offer situations where I've had a, an agent submit their offer and then they're bothering me every 15 minutes like about yeah. a response. I'm like, "Well, we have highest and best on such and such date, so you already know that and your offer is the weakest one that we have it's just you know so yeah having those conversations uh i always say selling a house is nothing more than a couple thousand conversations Mm -hmm. and that's one that you have to have yeah that that leads me i guess to another question i don't mean to shut everyone else out here no you're doing um, good run but like uh we do have to go around the horn soon sorry god um no but uh i guess that leads me to you know at the conclusion, more or less, that uh, you know the the name of the agent is also going to be a uh, a lever uh, that can mm-hmm. be pulled. If it's if it's someone who you don't know, or if it's someone that you know, and you're like, oh god, that, <laughs> one, um, that even if their offer is like up there, you know, toward the top three, it sounds to me like they're going to be sort of chucked, uh, you know, in in the in the bin, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. If I know that agent, and you can, and I can pull up their stats. Like and I can usually tell within the just by talking to an agent if this is like their first deal or not. Uh, but certainly that that agent's reputation and their track record certainly is a factor. Listen up out there, consumers. You know, <laughs> it, 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 agents are not a commodity, especially in a competitive market. No, not at all. Let's go around the horn. <laughs> Sounds good. You and me. <laughs> so, my name you is like Patrick that, Loftus. I am a real estate lawyer. Yeah, that's right. I jumped the gun. And we're broadcasting, not live, but taped on WCPT, where facts matter. We love that radio station. Uh, you can find me on social media. Find me and follow me and you know enjoy my daily content. I am on Instagram at Loftus underscore law. I'm also on TikTok at Loftus law. If you want to find me on LinkedIn, you know, fine, you can do that too. But, you know, just search my name. I don't know. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> Ryan, care. tell us about you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, my name is Ryan McCain. Uh, I'm with uh, Mint Properties. And that's Why spelled... Mint Property. How'd you come up with that name? It was, it's a long story, but right. uh, we, 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 when we formed our group, we, uh, you know, we were looking at a couple different names. And that was there. I have uh, two business partners, Patrick Dodd and Raymond Malencio. And that was really the only name that we could all three agree on. And, uh, it's Mint with a Y, M-Y-N-T, Properties, and you can find me on Instagram at RPM Chicago, and I'm not affiliated with the restaurants. Uh, I had the initials first, so um, <laughs> RPM Chicago, and then Mint, M-Y-N-T, Properties uh, is also our Instagram handle, and then we're on Facebook and all the other social media. And what's your phone number again? 708 708- Six six eight six six one three. For some reason, he's always posting videos of like his spaghetti with ketchup sauce. It's you know I don't know what he's trying to do to those people at RPM. Follow, but... follow me for more recipes. <laughs> gotcha. Charlie, I, tell, I, have, tell... I have no idea what you guys are talking about, Joey. If you don't mind saving me here, oh no, I'm running. Okay, you're in charge of this. Go ahead, <laughs> Joey. Tell us about you and your business and no, how do we get a hold of you? <laughs> I think they're well, making fun can... of me. A little bit. You can find me at the VALoneNerd.com. They call me Joey Matthews, the VA Lone Nerd. I call me Joey Matthews, the VA Lone Nerd. Uh, you can find me on social media as at the VA Lone Nerd on all of them, except for LinkedIn, which no one uses because LinkedIn is a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> Quit beating around know. the bush, really. How do you feel? Yeah. 235-2405. One more time. Or email me at show at thehomebuyershour.com. Yeah. What's your phone number again, Joey? I talked over you. Oh, why? It's 630-235-2405, Charlie. Thank you so much. I kind of hate LinkedIn, too, It's but it's a necessary evil. Charlie Belfontaine, tell us about you, your business, and say hi to someone that you love. I'm going to say hi to my lovely bride, who probably turned this off. <laughs> um, 
but our phone number is 312-544-9180. Repeating, 312-544-91. What did I say? Five four four nine one eight zero. That's did what it is. Did we just have a senior moment, Charlie? We did. It's you know. He's this so, is where all of you guys start yelling out "boomer." He's so thrown you know? off with me taking taking his uh, his job. Not true I at all. I, I just can't again. remember you can, anything. You can do the last around the horn. Nope. Well, you know it's fine. It's all you now. I'm going to be a little baby. So Don't our business you? name is Chicago yeah, Land Home Inspectors. Let's go. Um, our website is www.thehomeinspectors.com. Com, and that's plural ORS, and it is a .com. We also train home inspectors. So if you're interested in getting into the business, we own the school, Home Inspection University of Illinois. We also partner up with a bunch of community colleges across the state. And I actually get very heavily involved in the Illinois Association of Home Inspectors. And I'm our secondary lobbyist when we start dealing with the idea of PR on this stuff. I actually really love what I do. I've been doing it for over 30 years in this home inspection business. And I'm very proud to be with the three of you in this room right now. Same. Um, Likewise. It, it is, because I value every one of you guys for just taking a leadership role. And Joey. Even and though Joey. he's, you know, <laughs> over there. Oh, man. No, I think the world of Joey. It's just that when people take this job seriously and, and you find somebody that stands out above everybody else, um, it, it, you know, especially since home inspectors as a group, we, we got a bad reputation. And Ryan, I, I think real estate brokers also have a pretty bad reputation. Yeah, we're right there with used car salesmen. I lawyers, think they are as well. Lawyers are sterling. No one no one thinks anything bad about lawyers. Yeah. I don't know what, what you guys are talking about. Everyone loves the mortgage guy. That I know. That is a fact. And and I haven't heard one catfish say anything bad about attorneys. No. So, But those are scum-sucking bottom feeders, or are they fish? <laughs> I keep forgetting you know, which is which. But anyway, th- that joke I knew about 40 years ago, and I still remember that today. I can't what do you tell call 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? Oh, boy, that's horrible. A but I know start. it's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah, Joey, we were talking about making clients, and I really like this subject, making clients valuable. And, I, I mean, life is a competition, right? And Ryan, help me out on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially, well, right now, is it a buyer's market or seller's market? I would say it really all depends, but overall, I would say it's a seller's market. And when you say by depends, are you talking about the micro markets in the area? Correct. If okay. you're if you're talking about the loop, uh, that's a buyer's market all day long. Um, if you're talking about uh, you know a single family home in uh, Lincoln Park, Jefferson Park, or wherever the case may be, pretty much any single family home at this point, uh, it's definitely a seller's market. Okay. And and now let's say we're in a seller's market and let's say you are working with a buyer. You know, what do you do to make your client more attractive? Um, well, if, with when I'm dealing with them, I always set the expectation up front. I just say, hey, look, this is a seller's market. It's highly competitive. Um, so we need to put our best foot forward when presenting an offer. So, you know, you, you have to, you know, you just have to educate them and say, you know, okay, when it comes to inspection, we have to be reasonable. Uh, and if possible, uh, you, you say we can purchase the home as is and everybody gets scared with the as is. Is, but you just tell them that doesn't mean you're not having an inspection. It means that you know it's kind of like a gentleman's agreement that we're not going to nickel and dime you on the inspection request. But also have that pre-approval ready because I've had some buyers that want to go out and look at properties and they they haven't even talked to a, a mortgage broker yet. So okay, certain, hold on, that, that, that bedazzles me. Yeah, you take somebody and show them <laughs> properties without pre-approval. I I don't. Wait, bedazzle <laughs> is that thing when you put the yeah, glamour yeah. things in your shoes, it's right? Your, Are you befuddled? <laughs> befuddled. That's like a better word. Another gotta, senior moment. Got to bring in a got to bring in a jean jacket <laughs> with like a giant dragon on the back with bedazzle. Oh, but, I'm uh, getting it now. <laughs> but uh, but now, yeah, believe it or not, oh. believe it or not, there are a lot of people out there that just want to go out and look at properties and they don't 
you know, they don't have a pre-approval order. I mean, I won't take them out, but no. uh, I might show them one or two places just so they get an idea. But I'm not, you know, spending too much time on that. Uh, but certainly having them talk to a mortgage broker and more importantly, having them talk to a mortgage broker that has a great reputation in our market, because there's uh, I won't give mm. exact names, but there's a lot of lenders out there, online lenders that nobody in the market trusts. Hey, watch this. This is mm. awesome. Joey, would you like to give some namers? of mortgage companies that people don't trust? Right. If you're going to be coming to me with a pre-approval from Chase, Bank of America, yeah. Wells Fargo, USAA, yeah. Navy Federal... You want me to keep going? No, you're yeah. good. Sorry, Ryan. Well, I've got joy yeah, to speak for yeah, you there. Yeah, yeah 100%. Right. And, and that's like, uh, you know, a big common mistake because a lot of people think, well, I my checking and savings accounts are at Bank of America. I should get my pre-approval Ugh. from them. And I always tell people the, the big banks should not be in the mortgage business. They are the worst. Uh, no Nobody likes working with them. Mm-hmm. Listing agents don't like working with them. And uh, so you're better off going to a mortgage broker who has a good reputation in our market. Um, it's and- funny you say that because in 1989, when I went to go buy my first house, I got all my documents that I thought I would need and I put them all in a folder and everything was all neatly packaged. And I went to Bank of America because that's who I banked with. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the loan person. He says, yeah, I don't think we could help you. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, I had a full-time job. I've been working there for a while. Granted, I never owned a house before. Credit rating was good and things like that. I'm not overextending myself. And then I go to a mortgage broker, and then it was snap of a finger. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's an understandable misconception, right? Because... When you think about the word broker, the thing that comes to mind is a middleman, right? So, you know, there's got to be a markup, and so if I go right to the bank, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eliminate that markup, and that misconception is, I mean, that idea is wrong. It's just straight up wrong because the bank isn't going to give you any different interest rate than a mortgage broker will give you. Mm-hmm. The difference that you have with a mortgage broker is that, for the most part, I mean, I know when I get to page 13 on the contract and I see certain names, I go, we're good. Mm-hmm. I, see, I see Joey Matthews, the VA loan there at the bottom left on page 13. I'm like, shh, I, I got no worries. That's, that's the, that's all, I'm already. I've checked one box about things I don't have to worry about, and you know that makes a difference. I mean, when, you know, we talked about the multiple offers and how you're evaluating it. I'm sure if you've got the top three, and you, you see, you know, they're you know largely similar and and almost indistinguishable. If you've got a broker that you trust on the other side, and a more uh, real estate broker that you trust on the other side, and a mortgage broker that you trust on the other side, that could be the difference between. That person's buying the house, or sorry, absolutely, Joey. Anything to add on that? I, you know, me with my ADD, I usually interrupt you when I shouldn't. No, you're good. Yeah, it's um, reputation, reputation, reputation. A wise oh, uh, home inspector, I, I know, so once much. said that to me. Yeah, I think I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's like the most important thing when it comes to a professional. I'm a real Shakespeare you get that? fan, that one. Yeah, maybe I stole it. Who knows? Or maybe he stole it from me. <laughs> maybe, All right? Maybe Shakespeare maybe. is, is uh, yeah, plagiarizing. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and get an attorney to go ahead and sue that guy. You should. Because I'm sure that I coined that and phrased that phrase first. So I think so. I don't know. But, but Patrick, I'm Patrick, Ryan, all these Irish guys in the room here just throwing me for a loop in that. Ryan, you know, again, I, I really like this conversation about, um, you know, making our clients valuable and stuff like that. But on the same note, you know, a lot of people think that real estate brokers are commodities. Mm -hmm. And how do you explain to somebody when you're talking to them, if you don't have anything else, how do you tell them in about 30 seconds to a minute why you're valuable? You know, without sounding like corny, hokey BS. Yeah, and and you know, it's like it's it's kind of like you always bet the jockey, not the horse. Yes, there's millions of of realtors I out there. I thought I was the only one who did that. <laughs> you know, but uh, but no, it's 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 really just conveying. Um, you know, conveying uh, trust and just letting them know that you will be honest with them. And that you are you're coming from a standpoint of uh, of an advisor and not a salesperson. It doesn't matter to me what home you buy. And in fact, uh, I'm working with a couple buyers right now, and I'll tell them just because your pre-approval letter says you can afford a four hundred thousand dollar house doesn't mean I'm going to sell you that. I would much rather you buy something 
under your budget than maxing out your budget because just because you can afford it doesn't mean you should you know it's uh so it's it's just letting people know that you're going to be honest with them that they can trust you and that's really it because i've will tell people flat out I will talk you out of buying more homes than I will ever talk you to buying into. And it's, I always think because I mostly work with sellers, I always think about the resale. And I know that you think this is going to be your forever home. I know statistically that it's not. You're going to probably sell it in the next four to five years. So I want you to buy smart, buy right. And that way, when you turn around to sell, you're not going to have an issue selling. You know, if you buy something that, is unique or quirky in real estate terms mm-hmm. that just means that it's going to be tough to sell and you know I don't I don't want you to be in a position where you're going to have difficulty walking away and exiting the home so it's really just about being honest and trustworthy it's yeah, funny to say that I just did a, a zoom yesterday with a client that had 130 issues in the report mm-hmm. normally we average around 70 and I try to explain to people what's normal you guys mentioned GFIs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and I shrugged my shoulders at him because we're looking at 25 bucks mm-hmm. and a handyman to get something like that right. fixed, right? It's simple. Mm-hmm. And and make the problems go away. You know, it's like we don't have to fight every single little fight. But this real estate broker told the client that they think they should walk away from the house based on the amount of items that were going on there. And the client was very nervous about it. Based on it, the too. amount? Based on the uh, the quantity hmm. of I feel like items, that's and not the metric. To... Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, I mean, everything could be fixed, and but I still like to let people know what our average is when I start these calls, because well, Ryan, please help me. Hmm. Sometimes people see well, at least my reports, and then they're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, you know what? Are, what's going on here? What's happening? You mm-hmm. know, this house is a POS, and and I gotta go. And stuff like that. I'm looking at Devin to see if POS is a bad word. I hope it's point, not because I just said sale. it twice. I <laughs> got a thumbs point up. Point of sale. Point of sale. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. So, I, I mean, setting those expectations and getting to the point, say, hey, this is normal. Right. You know, I, I think is is helpful to our clients. No, absolutely. Because when I, you know, when we get the inspection report, I always look at it. And I, I'll tell people, you know, this is what's reasonable. You know, this is normal. This is just, you know, wear and tear, normal wear and tear. If it is something that is significant that I feel like it's worth killing the deal over, I'll tell people, you know, you, you should probably walk away from this house. But most things can be fixed. and it, Everything can be fixed. Yeah, everything can be fixed. And, and depending on, it also depends on who the home inspector is, too, because I know there are home inspectors that, you know, they'll... they'll They'll try to make a, you know, a burned out light bulb sound like it's going to mm-hmm. burn the house down. So it no, just it won't necessarily burn the house down, but all the children might die. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. let's oh, get to real here. But, I know, right? But yeah, it's just it's all, all right. Real estate agents I mean, don't use our company. Listen, if the light bulb's up high, they could be on the ladder. They could fall. They could break their neck. I yeah. mean, this is a major issue. Breaking and death your, can occur. Breaking yeah. your neck is everything a major should always deal. end, and you can die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. Yeah, so, but, and, and you're right. So there's all always the exaggeration and and I guess that's the the real thing because sometimes I get somebody who's not educated in building construction who's also a real estate broker Mm -hmm. right and then all of a sudden you know I might be talking about holes in heat exchangers and high combustion readings Mm -hmm. you know and Joey back me up on this because I know your house had this when we did it and we you know I think that's serious it's four thousand dollars per furnace Mm -hmm. you know that comes in there and it's a lot of money, mm-hmm. eight grand, I think. You yeah, know? You I'd tell say me so. I, you, good. Yeah. We're all on the same page yep. with that. And, and really, everything always comes down to how much is it going to cost, how severe is it, and who's going to pay for it. Right. All right. Those are really the three things. And you should always start with how severe is it. I would add something else, though, too. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this has come up um, from time to time. And that is, you know, how how good of a deal are you getting? Um, and that's right. where I was going with the right. leverage. Yeah. So, like, you know, if I'm, I've had situations where, you know, I talk to, to the real estate broker um, and also talk to the client. And it's like, yeah, you know, there's there's three, four, five things, you know, we, we you know, we could probably uh, justify, let's say, a $2,500 credit. And the broker will say, hmm. Let's let's be let's be conservative on this one because I've I've priced everything out and we're a good 20 25k under market on this yeah. one. We don't want to lose this one. And you go, "Okay. All right. So, you know, oh let's God, not God. worry about our leverage." Those are the words that I share with my client. 
there's too many things that I don't know. I don't know how hot the market is. I mm-hmm. don't know the value of this home. I don't know what you paid for it. I don't know what the comparative market analysis are. Right. You know, everything else that comes in here, it's... There's just too many things that I don't know. All I know is we got a problem. Right. Yeah. You know? And that's why I was asking earlier on about how much leverage or how does the client have? And and quite frankly, I'm gonna go Charlie, can I'm I, gonna go realtor bashing real quick. Can I borrow your soapbox? Yeah. <laughs> you know All right. No, I'm just gonna shut up and sit in the back. Go listen, do it, guys. Listen, what by the way, you got five minutes. Well, well of course I do, because you know, this is the this is when I'm really get going. That's why we need to add a second hour to the home buyer's hour. It should be the home buyer's two hours. Look, one of one of my biggest pet peeves, one of my my biggest uh, uh well, let's just say pet peeves. I, I can go in other directions yeah, right. and I can get myself in trouble. Um, is the fact that I feel like there's not enough communication between lawyers and real estate brokers. Yeah. Um, the, the, no, the number of times, that conversation I described a moment ago where I, I talked about after talking to the client, also talking to the real estate broker and getting that insight, I feel that that happens just far too infrequently where the 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 attorney talks to the buyer client and that conversation exists in a back uh, in a vacuum mm-hmm. and then a letter comes over to me and I am I'm looking at it and I go hmm so I may write about this letter and as I'm ready to send it along I like to get some context from my broker. I go, hey, you know, those, they're asking for ten grand worth of stuff, and this list doesn't. This is a five hundred dollar list. What's going on? And then I find out that you know there was a, a ten thousand dollar delta between what the buyer wanted to pay and what the seller's yeah. bottom line was. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, okay, all right. That insight is so important mm-hmm. because when I pass that letter on to my seller client, I'm going to include some context. I'm going to say, look. You're going to see this letter, and it's going to make you unhappy. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's going to make you unhappy is because it looks like they're trying to renegotiate the client contract, because they are, all right? Because they got bad advice from their lawyer. Their lawyer didn't talk to the the uh, the, the real estate broker, and all all that lawyer did, probably that lawyer's paralegal or legal assistant did, was hear from the client that they want a ten thousand dollar credit, and they threw it in the letter. Didn't give any uh, thought to it. They just they just toss this turd sandwich onto my lap <laughs> and now I've I've got to mitigate the damage that they unwittingly were about to cause and these are the kinds of things that I just I'm I I'm on the soapbox right because it's emotional we need we need to be you know I, I said yesterday I did a little presentation for a, a group of real estate brokers and one one of the things I let off with is real estate is a team sport mm-hmm. and like if if you don't view the the people on your side of the transaction as teammates you know i i want to be you know feeding dimes to to my real estate broker i want them doing the same to me feeding dimes assists um you know it's just if, if we if we all in this business took a little more time to communicate with each other and make sure that the the details are shared amongst the group, even if it doesn't, even if it's not a phone call, even if it's in a, a short email, hey, there's the three things you need to know. This this business would be a lot easier. Oh yeah, I and absolutely agree. <laughs> I wish I had more real estate agents that were able to explain the the word leverage mm-hmm. and how much leverage their client has mm-hmm. and. It's like I I don't want to step on those toes. Yeah, and you know it's not my job, and I'm just too too ignorant. And I know we're short on time, but uh, you know something I always do when we do get the inspection report is you know I will talk to the lawyer and say you know we don't really have a lot of leverage in this situation. We need to you know dial back some of these requests, and I'll tell the attorney you know. Please reiterate that, and then we'll all get on a call, me, my attorney, and the buyers. And that way, because, again, because realtors have a bad reputation uh, overall, Sorry. Uh, you know, it, the words just come, mean more and hold more weight when they come from the attorney. So well, I value you, Ryan. Give us your contact information, because we are running out of time. Sure. My name is Ryan McCain. My cell phone number is 708-668-6613, and RPM Chicago and Mint, M-Y-N-T, properties on all the socials. Or look for a lime green car driving around That's town, right. And then you'll end up seeing Ryan Patrick. Patrick, please. Patrick Loftus, Loftus Law, real estate lawyer. If you're buying or selling a house, I'm your guy. Find me on 
the social media channels. Insta, Loftus underscore law, TikTok at Loftus law. And Joey? Why? You can call or text me at 630-235-2405. Find me at thevaloanerd.com or across all social media as at thevaloanerd. And again, my name is Charlie Belfontaine. Thank you for listening. My phone number is 312-544-9180. If you click on option three, this is a secret, it'll send you right to my cell phone. Um, please don't do that at midnight. And I want to give a special thank you to Devin Tingle. He's our producer that makes everything sound good. And again, my name is Charlie, and I am out. <laughs>